Welcome to the ACO Show. I'm Josh Israel, joined by my co-host, Brian Chiglinski. Hi, Brian. Hey, Josh. So today we talked to Mandy Cohen, Allidade's Executive Vice President and CEO of Allidade Care Solutions. What did you take away from this one? Yeah, so first of all, I consider myself a Mandy Cohen super fan. Mandy and I uh, worked together uh, before we both came to Allidade. And I think I've learned a lot about leadership and management from her and watching her uh, and her career. One of the things that really stood out from our conversation today was her conversation about uh, trust and building trust and the importance of building trust when you're managing either a crisis or change. Uh, we were specifically talking about her role as Secretary of Health and Human Services at North Carolina during the COVID-19 pandemic. And she talked about the fact that what was really important when that crisis hit was the fact that she had been secretary for three years before it happened. So she had a chance to get to know the stakeholders, to understand the landscape, really understand their values and priorities. And so then when it time came to suddenly make a change to manage a crisis, she had kind of built these longstanding relationships. I think building those muscles of knowing how to work together uh, beforehand really paid off in the moment when she and and the whole state, frankly, needed uh, that kind of leadership. So I think you brought it up right before we got on that that actually ties a lot into our work and the work of value-based care, that what we're doing is change management. We're helping a lot of practices change the way that they've done things and they've always done things. But the first part of that, the foundation of all that is building some trust and helping to lay a foundation of saying, we're here because we understand your values. We understand you know, what's important to you. And uh, we're going to help you get to that next that uh, next level and succeed in, in these kinds of arrangements. Yeah, you know my background as a psychiatrist, and I was reminded of something I'd learned that people call marriage, at least good marriages, a, a growth engine, um, where it really is the primary place people can make changes in their life. And that probably is because if you feel like somebody has your back, if somebody cares about you, it's much easier to be open to making changes, even hard changes. So yeah, I, I agree with you. It's a really nice reminder about not just our work here, but uh, probably a lot of different situations in my life. Um, nice to think about, but let's take a listen. Josh and I are now joined by Dr. Mandy Cohen, Allidade's Executive Vice President and the CEO of Allidade Care Solutions. Mandy, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Brian and Josh. Good, good. Yeah, so uh, obviously you are in what month seven or six now? Yeah, six from... and a half, seven. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So just recently joined Allidade. Although by month six, you are definitely an Allidade veteran, uh, given how fast the company has grown. Um, but we'd love to do just a quick check-in on uh, the when you uh, first joined Allidade. You came to us from North Carolina, where you were serving as the Secretary of Health and Human Services during the COVID-19 pandemic and leading a number of changes across the Medicaid system and just the healthcare system of the state in general. Uh, so what drew you to Allidade? What was what led to that transition and how has it gone so far? Well, first, I couldn't be more excited about the, the new role here at Allidade, but I will say I miss my team in the state of North Carolina. They were fantastic. I am so proud of them and I continue to cheer them on. I feel so lucky to have had the career trajectory that I did. I'm trained as a physician, but spent most of my career in public service in different leadership roles. You know, and as I thought about those, taking my experience in a clinical role and 
you know, seeing some of the limitations of what that was when I'm in the four walls of a clinic, recognizing that there were certain things I could do, certainly. And it was amazing when you got to be able to impact someone's health in an immediate way, right? But I knew there was this larger system that was that we were swimming upstream. Um, and I often tell the story of a, of a patient that I saw who had health insurance, who I was seeing multiple times um, for losing her hair. Um, and I won't share the, the, the full story here, but the, 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 the short version is I was going, I, I did lots of tests. I did CAT scans. I spent a lot of money on uh, healthcare dollars on this patient. And in the end, what we found out was she had unstable housing and not enough access to food because she left a, um, a, a, an abusive relationship and she was ashamed and didn't want to reach out for help. And, you know, that really changed my mindset on how I thought about uh, trying to make, help my patients be healthy, help communities be healthy. Um, and it really started getting me thinking concretely about what did I want to achieve while I was in public sector. Um, and so both at the federal level and the state level, I got had the opportunity to think about how do we change the policies or the rules of the road, the incentives, how we pay to really drive change and to help the system think about keeping people healthy. But what I knew and what I experienced a lot at the, in the state of North Carolina being closer to the problem was that you can't just change the payment and the alignment of the incentive. Super important to do it, um, but you also have to create infrastructure to make it possible for people to change the way they work within that system. So you change the rules of the system and then you actually have to give them tools and infrastructure to be different within those new, new payment structures. So I felt like I had gotten all this incredible opportunity in, in the public sector and what I saw in Allidade um, was here was this incredible company that was doing the infrastructure, right? Was creating the mechanism to carry out the vision and of what we were attempting in the public sector, which was getting alignment towards health, right? How do we use our dollars from the public sector, right? In government, whether it's Medicare dollars, Medicaid dollars, to, to make sure our communities are healthy and people are healthier. And we tried to, you know, manipulate the rules of the road, as I said, new policies and things like that, put money in the right places. But then you need the actual infrastructure. And what I saw in Allidade was a, an incredible team that was doing just that, using data, using workflow coaching, um, and really thinking through how do you change? How do you change the healthcare system? And it was so aligned with what I'd been doing my whole career. Um, when you know, I talked to Farzad about the opportunity, it was, it was um, really exciting. And so I couldn't be more thrilled to be here and continue the work that I feel like I was doing in the public sector here in the private sector, but in a different, you know, from a different lens, right? Um, and this is where I think the public-private collaboration is so important. Um, it's why we feed back to our, our federal government and state government colleagues to say like, here's what you got right, here's what you got wrong, here's what we're struggling with, here's what we're doing well with. Um, and I, this is exciting for me because I get to learn from a different space, but with that same mission. And, um, and I couldn't be more excited like for the, the team of people that are here at Allidade, um, just really impressive, caring, smart, um, passionate um, folks who work with urgency. It's great. It's really great. I'm struck as you're talking that there's two ways to get better healthcare for people. I mean, maybe there's many more than that, but uh, as a simplification is the policy side, we want to get 
uh, better rules, better laws, more money into the system, especially for caring for for uh, vulnerable populations. And the other way is through the private sector is let's make it more profitable to give better health care and better outcomes, including for underserved populations. Uh, have, have you seen that play out so far? Well, that's what I loved about Alidate is that alignment, right? How you who can do well uh, by doing good. Right. And, and, and that, I think, is where I want to be and always have been thinking both as a policymaker and now on the private sector side about where where do I, I fit in um, is, is how can we get to the greatest good for the people that we serve? Um, and so and I absolutely believe that Allidate is is on that path of how do we do well for the company by doing good. Right. I wanted to come to a company where we make money by keeping communities healthy, by keeping people healthy like there's that's why I went into medicine it's what I want to wake up doing every day um and so that was the, and and Allidate is all about that alignment getting the financial alignment getting the data alignment getting the workflow alignment um and look have we have do we have it all figured out of course not otherwise why would I be here <laughs> I'm hoping that I can continue and help on that journey um because it's it's hard change is hard moving into that this value um, space. Uh, Ali has been doing it for eight years, tons of progress, but we all know so much more to do. And that's why I was excited to come um, to the company to say, you know, what else could I add from, from my experience and background uh, to the company? Because I think it's so fundamental to, to changing the health healthcare overall. And what I love about Alidate is it it's already at an enormous scale, right? It already has impact at scale. And so that is an incredible responsibility that this company has. Um, and I was excited to be a part of a part of that. That's great. I'm struck uh, how often you talk about the teams you're with, the team at and the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services, the team here at Allidade that you've met. One of the things, obviously, when you when you start a role like leading the health system for an entire state, uh, there are things that you come to the job assuming that you'll work on. You'll have your your goals and your agenda and uh, your priorities, uh, but then there are things that will come out of left field, uh, as we all know, and change those priorities or at least uh, redirect attention very quickly. One of the obvious uh, situations that you had to work on and received praise from, uh, I think, across the country for was handling the COVID-19 uh, pandemic in the state. And one of the things in particular that you have mentioned a few times that I'd love to hear a little bit about is just the stories of real heroism and mm -hmm. uh, incredible um, uh, performance from folks at the state level in the public sector, both at the state and local level, and just how so many people, I think it's very easy when there's a global pandemic or a crisis like that, uh, to shine a light on what didn't work, what may have gone wrong, especially on the public sector side. Uh, but what you've talked about a lot is how many stories there were about people really rising above and beyond to really take care of each other and their communities and their state. So I didn't know if maybe you wanted to share a little bit about some of those stories and, and some of the things that really have stuck with you about how your state uh, responded to the COVID-19 pandemic. Though, Mandy, I'm going to guess as a public health official during COVID that uh, your experience was not one of just universal and constant praise. <laughs> um, it wasn't, but I feel very lucky that I felt very supported personally, and I feel like our team felt very supported throughout um, our COVID work. Sure, were there always folks who questioned, had feedback for us, and I think rightly so. Um, you know, 
uh, early in the pandemic, we certainly heard from African-American community leaders saying, we do not have enough testing. We do not have enough resources. And they were absolutely right. And we really turned our attention um, from a response effort and really focused on, on equity in our response. And if we hadn't gotten that early feedback, and it was it was hard to hear where we were falling down and falling short. Um, but if we hadn't had that open and honest dialogue, if they hadn't given us that early feedback, I don't think we would have ultimately landed in the success where we did, where we saw um, resources that were allocated in an equitable way that resulted in vaccination rates for our African-American community, Hispanic community in North Carolina being on par, if not better than in our white community, which was really rare when you look across the country. So sometimes hearing those negative feedback, yeah, it's hard and it hurts, but I really try to put myself in other people's shoes, understand what they were going through, the fear that they were experiencing the um, for their, their families, their communities, and think about how could we integrate that into our work. And if anything, I want to commend our, our team in North Carolina for being in a listening posture throughout the pandemic. And that started at the top. I happen to work for a governor who is an incredible listener. Um, I think it is one of his strengths. Um, and he permeated that through the team down from, from my, him to myself, myself down to the team that we wanted to hear that feedback. Um, and, and some time is really hard to hear. Um, and think about like, how do we meet people where they were? And I was really proud of teams that would come back each and every day, even when it was hard, even when we were getting negative feedback to, to try to build trust, to try to build bridges. And I think that was the relentlessness of that was um, why one of the reasons we were so um, successful was that listening posture and building trust and then putting our money where our, our mouth was. We were to say like, okay, we said we're going to put equity at the center here. Let me demonstrate to you what that means and what that looks like and be transparent about where our tests going, where our vaccines going, what how are we tracking to to goals um, or not? And um, and so the transparency was was huge. And you can't be transparent as an individual, right? That is a team effort, right? To get to data transparency, to tell people what we were doing. So for my folks saw me on television with the governor answering the questions, but right, I was only able to do that because I had an enormous unbelievable team that was doing incredible work that fed into my ability to say, here's what we're doing, why we're doing it, um, and here are the results we have so far. And I think all of that built trust with the people in North Carolina um, as we went forward. And so, but I would also say, uh, to back to your original question, Brian, about, you know, unexpected things coming up. I, I, think the fact that I was the secretary for three years before COVID hit was hugely valuable. And this is just reminds us all of the importance of ongoing re trusting relationships. Um, and luckily, we went into the pandemic um, having good working relationships. Doesn't mean we all agreed on everything. Hospitals wanted certain things. Republicans wanted some things. Democrats wanted that. Everyone had a thing, right? And we didn't always agree on all the things, but we had a respectful dialogue, a good working relationship. And that respect really helped uh, as we went into something that was really, really hard. Um, and I'm really grateful that folks approached um, this with positive intent, right? That that they knew that, my, that I and my team were always trying to work for the good of North North Carolina for, towards health. Um, and so that foundation was really important. And I think that's the same as we think about our practices at Allidade. 
that building trust is so, so critical. And that when we come with something new <laughs> or something hard or something different, um, that we can rely on those deep relationships that our practices have with validated with their with their practice transformation specialist, right? With that with their PTS who has built a relationship that we have that foundation of trust so that when something new comes and it will, right? It's healthcare change is constant. <laughs> um, that we use those trusted relationships to help us navigate through the next changes that we'll, we'll need to do. Let's shift to your work here then. Uh, you are leading up Allidade Care Solutions. Can you tell us about what that is? Sure. Uh, again, speaking of something new, I think this is where Allidade um, is ma maturing and, and learning and growing and getting to a place where it has the size and scale to have the ability to do additional investments. Um, I think, and that is exactly what Allidade Care Solutions is, is a new investment from Allidade to say, how do we give even more tools to our practices, to the patients they serve to be successful? How do we keep people healthy and give one more tool in that healthy toolbox? Um, and that's what Allidade Care Solutions is. It's the direct to patient arm of Allidade, right? All, most of Allidade's work over eight years has been direct to practices, helping them with data and coaching, as we know. Um, and we've done some direct to patient, but it's been small. Um, and we've done some pilots and learning. But this was really Allidade's uh, announcement to the world that we're formalizing this, creating a new business unit to say, you know, some direct to patient work as a new tool for our practices, for our patients, for our ACOs um, is going to be really important. We started that work uh, just this year. So we're just at the beginning of it. So we're figuring out um, exactly how to do that best, how to link in direct to patient care as an additional service to our practices. Um, and that is certainly a learning that is ongoing. I'm excited that the first thing out of the gate for Allidade Care Solutions was part of an acquisition. Allidade is also first acquisition. Um, it was a company, Iris Healthcare, that I know you've talked about on this podcast before. Um, they provide end-of-life counseling or, or what's called comprehensive advanced care planning. They help people, our Medicare beneficiaries, make sure that they're having the conversations about what they want to have at, happen to them at the end of their life. Um, I'll say I, I've, I've gone through the facilitation, my parents to, to Medicare beneficiaries have, just so I understood it myself. I think it's terrific. I think it's such a valuable service. They take hours with you um, when we're going through the service. So something that our primary care docs obviously don't have the, the, the time to do. So I think, I hope our practices see it as a benefit of, of uh, giving them some time back um, and have a trusted way to have these tough conversations. So I've been spending a lot of time learning that, uh, that work and scaling it with the team across all of Allidade. I'm really excited to announce that as of now, we are offering advanced care planning to every Allidade market, so every Allidade uh, ACO. And what I, I also love about it is that we are using our data, right? Exactly what Allidade's done for eight years is use data to really help us know how to prioritize what we're doing. So even with advanced care planning, we use our data to figure out who are those patients that are um, in most in need of having those end-of-life conversations right now. 
Um, and so we use our, our, our data to do help us identify those patients. And then we work with our practices to engage the patients in that process uh, and provide that service. And so I'm really proud of the team. We're making, we're learning a lot as we go about how do we integrate this with our practices. Again, it's something new, a new pivot, um, but I'm so grateful for the trusted relationship that our practices have in Allidade. Um, but this is definitely a new space where we're figuring out how we all want to work together. Um, and so I've been super grateful for all the feedback I've gotten um, from around the company, from around our, our markets and the ACOs. And it's definitely going to help us build the next thing uh, that we will build with uh, Allidade Care Solutions. I just, I find that so cool that you and your family went through the process as well. So not only helping to spread that service in all of the markets we serve, but also experiencing it yourself and, and getting a firsthand look at it. One of the things that always sticks out to me is hearing from one of our physicians who said very simply, I thought I knew what advanced care planning was uh, until I did this service. And there's that it, we call it comprehensive advanced care planning or IRIS has uh, called it that. And it sounds like such a deeper, uh, different kind of advanced care, end of life care planning than what most uh, physicians are able to offer um, in a way that that really draws out the, the kind of care plans that people would like. Uh, Absolutely. And I'll say that also as a uh, primary care physician, right? I, 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 spent multiple times making sure I was documenting things like do not resuscitate or DNR statuses and things like that. But the kind of thoughtful and detailed conversation that they're able to go through in this uh, comprehensive advanced care planning is really, really impressive. And they're doing all of like the legal documentation. So it's really helpful. And the last that I would say is that they work hard to involve the family family in that. And I, I went through it with my parents and they importantly invite that conversation because it, it is important to really be talking about these things um, because we want to make sure that wishes are not just documents and on paper, which is super important, but also known by um, your, your loved ones. Um, and again, we think that's, that's really valuable. And we've already gotten really good results back from patients in terms of, do they like this? And, and overwhelming answer is yes. And from our practices, is this helpful to you? Overwhelming yes. So I feel really good that the Allidade Care Solution first uh, up uh, at bat here has gone really well in 2022. So we're, we're excited to have a solid foundation to start from. Yeah. And I uh, want to just note that I am uh, outclassed here by the expertise in comprehensive advanced care planning. Not only Mandy, are, are you leading the charge at ACS, but uh, our very own co-host, uh, Dr. Josh Israel was in charge of uh, working on a lot of the pilot project and analyzing the results from the pilot study that we did uh, with Iris that ended up leading to the acquisition and the launch of ACS. So, uh, so kudos to you both on a uh, job. Very well done. Yeah. And Mandy, as you were talking, I'm reminded of a, of one of the, a, a primary care physician in Allidade's network who told me he had a conversation with his patient. And he said, you know, when I talked to you at your annual wellness visit about advanced care planning, the conversation only lasted two to three minutes and it seemed like we were done. How in the world did you talk to somebody at Iris? plans about this for an hour? What in the world did you talk about? And she said, she told them, uh, well, when you ask me about it, I always know you're very busy. Your waiting room is full of people. I just got the sense that you really didn't want to have a whole long conversation about it. And he said, you know, she was sort of right. Uh, and I was glad I referred her and he had been a skeptic and he, he was not after that. 
That's great. And those are the kind of solutions that as Allidade Care Solutions builds itself out that we want to be offering to our practices, things that can take something off their plate, give them more time and opportunity uh, to, uh, you know, they're super busy, lots to do. Um, so taking things off their plate, giving them some, some time back, providing an additional service for patients that they can access from the comfort of their home. We do this advanced care planning either by video or by phone. Um, and it's something that we have seen in a randomized control trial also drives additional shared savings because patients, when you acknowledge what patients want at the end of their life, it's often to be home. Now, if they don't want that and they want to be in the hospital, great, all for that. Um, but often it is to be home and we want folks to be home if that is their preference and not in 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 a hospital um, if they don't want to be. And right, so it does also drive shared savings, which, you know, uh, more money, more mission um, for us to be able to work on the um, health aspects of what we're building uh, out through Allidade. Yeah, I love the idea of and just the vision of what's coming next for ACS and all of the projects that are taking on and the energy and the team that have been rallied around that is, is really exciting. I want to, before we close, Josh and I are very well known for asking the hard questions of leading thinkers in healthcare. And so we're going to continue that tradition here. Mandy, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but where is the best biscuit in all of North Carolina? Oh, that's a hard one. Um <laughs> So I might have a controversial opinion on this. So, okay. I, I love, I love, I would say there's a couple things. Um, I think biscuits are best served with amazing fried chicken. So I want to endorse the best fried chicken place, but right. and I like their biscuits, but I don't love. Okay. So like the best fried chicken I've had is at Beasley's, um, which is in Raleigh. Beasley's fried chicken is the best. Okay. Um, I like their biscuits, don't love their biscuits. Controversial opinion on biscuits is that I like the biscuits at this local coffee place near my house called Jubala. Jubala. They have okay. biscuit. it's just a little bit sweet and they make egg and cheese sandwiches on, with them. Mm. And it's, they're just, they're just, they're just good. They're this not too heavy. They're kind of light, a little yep. bit sweet, but not too sweet. So <laughs> you, you caught me on a good topic. Like let's talk biscuits. And if other people have recommendations for me, I need to branch out because I'm, I'm all about some good biscuits. So please, please share in the comments, any additional biscuit uh, recommendations you have in the Raleigh area. And I will say we are not sponsored by Jubala or uh, any of these biscuit places, but if they do want us to include some ads, we're happy to consider. Yeah, not sponsored yet. <laughs> That's right. Well, Dr. Mandy Cohen, thanks so much for joining us. We hope to get you on the show in the future to hear how Allidade Care Solutions is doing. Terrific. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Josh. Thanks, Brian. This episode of the ACO Show was produced by Alana Coogan and Leanne Horst. You can find previous episodes on our website, Alliday.com, or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and join us next time. <laughs>